0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So yesterday in the New York Times, I was reading an article about what it takes to be Santa Claus. And they actually had conversations with Santa Claus, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Some of it was not at all surprising. You need the red suit. You need the long white beard. You need that great laugh, the one "ho ho ho." You have to be able to do that, you Santa Claus. But the thing I didn't expect that surprised me is that it turns out Santa Claus has to manage expectations. Who knew? So what this means is if a child asks for something that really is not going to work, like, say, a pony in a New York City apartment, Santa is really not going to say, you got it. What Santa says is, I'll see what I can do. And if a child says, really worried about someone they love who's sick, I want you to make my grandma well, well, Santa is Santa and not God. So Santa also says, I'll see what I can do. And what was so interesting is that when Santa says that, it really is fine with the kids. Because what happens is their asking, their desire, their longing is met by love. And so they're like, okay, good enough. So I thought that was kind of fabulous. And then I thought it was fabulous that we have this particular gospel today, because it's all about expectations. And I know that Christmas season, there are a fair number of parents, probably among you here, who are also trying to manage expectations. Would I be right about that? Okay. So let's talk about Jesus and expectations. The first thing, well actually it's the second thing we find out, but I kind of love talking about this in this particular order, is we have one group that is really surprised somehow that that John the Baptist, John the Baptist who blew into the wilderness and was always pointing towards Jesus, that John has ended up in prison And Jesus is like, what is the matter with you? Did you go out to see someone in a lovely soft robe? You will remember he was in camel's hair with a leather girdle around his waist, not a soft robe. Did you go out to see someone who was just going to be blown this way and that by whatever was going on? No, you went out and you saw this wild man in the desert who spoke like a prophet, pointed to Jesus, and took no nonsense from anyone. So why are you surprised that that upset people? Prophets upset people. They can excite some people with visions of a new future. That's what we get in Isaiah today. But they're often usually saying, you got to change, you got to repent, you got to be different. And the people who like things the way they are do not like to hear that. And so don't be so surprised that John's in prison. What, after all, did you expect? How did you think that was going to go? So he's talking there about, get your expectations clear about what a prophet is. But then we also have John's own disciples who have seen John, who is in this dungeon, and John, and they are a little confused because John was kind of all fire and brimstone, all about, you know, Jesus, the Messiah, is going to bring fire and there's going to be an axe at the root of the tree and it all sounded kind of wild. And that's not what they're seeing with Jesus. And so John's wondering, but mostly his disciples are wondering, did we like miss something here? Did we not understand who the Messiah actually is? Is there somebody else we should be looking for? And Jesus says... John what you see. And what you see is that the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the dead are getting raised, and the poor are having good news brought to them. And Jesus is not angry when he's talking to John's disciples. He knows that they're having a pretty hard time. Not as hard as John, but a pretty hard time. But he wants them to understand what the connection is between John with all that fire and Jesus with all that good news. And that is that the only way you get to that good news is actually to change, is to repent, to do things differently. And what John makes really clear is that that's really hard. Nobody likes to change. Change means you give things up. Change means you have to lose some things that you're used to. Nobody likes to do that. But when you do it, when you do it for God, it actually makes it possible, finally, to get to the amazing stuff. John and Jesus, I think Jesus makes clear, go together. Change is hard. Repentance can hurt but transformation is real. So I think what Jesus is really about in this passage, I don't think he's trying to manage expectations, I think he's trying to raise expectations. I think he's trying to tell us that a better life, a more whole life, a just society, are actually possible. And they are what God intends for us. Now, what Jesus also knows, and is hinted at here when he's talking about John, is that doing all that is going to make the people who love the way the world works now really upset. There are people in the world who really don't want justice brought to the poor. Preaching it to the poor is good, bringing it to them, that's a whole other thing. There are people in the world who are kind of okay with other people being stuck and hurt and imprisoned. Jesus says God isn't. And so you can expect some consequences if you get on board with the plan that John has for repentance and Jesus has for transformation. So Jesus is raising our expectations and telling us to be prepared. So how do we get prepared? How do we start? Well, as Christians, we start with our baptism. Now Virginia is just about to get baptized. Just a very few minutes. Virginia is not a baby. Virginia is a lovely young child. And Virginia asked to be baptized. Why did Virginia ask to be baptized? Because she figured out watching baptisms here that baptism is how we say, yes, I'm in this. Yes, I'm part of this. Yes, I wanna be in this community doing the things that Jesus calls us to. So in just a moment, Virginia with her parents and godparents are going to come up here. And in just a moment, we're going to do something that we think is lovely because it's printed in the prayer book, but do not be confused. Her parents and godparents are going to make a bunch of renunciations, a bunch of things that are about repentance, about turning around. And then once they've done that, They're going to have those expectations lifted up and make some affirmations. And then you all and we all are going to stand up and join in the baptismal promises. And just because it's in a pretty prayer book, listen to what you are promising again as you renew those. You are promising to change and to work to change the world because that's what God longs for and expects. And the most amazing thing is that God trusts that we all can be part of that good news. So now, today, we're gonna join Virginia and be gathered with a whole communion of saints and remember just how high Jesus' expectations are so that we and all the world can be made new. Amen.